I don't watch a lot of TV dramas, but when I do, I have a particular penchant for crime dramas. Old Law and Order shows from 15 years ago, CSI, uh, even NCIS, Blue Bloods. All of these shows follow almost exactly the same plot. In the first two minutes, something bad happens. A crime is committed. Next 58 minutes, the detectives try to figure out who committed the crime and bring this person to justice. They have no proof. They just have to follow the clues. So throughout the show, it's an analysis and an examination of the clues that they have to follow. Now, this may seem like a big colossal justification for my TV viewing habits, but um, I happen to think that crime shows are very similar to the way I approach faith. Here's how. See, um, I've often struggled with faith. I know I'm not supposed to say that as a pastor, but um, I've struggled intellectually with a lot of questions, a lot of doubts. Can you know for sure that God exists? How do you know that Jesus is the Son of God, God in the flesh? How do you know if God exists that you can trust him? Well, I've spent a lot of my life trying to prove those things. And actually something really helped me. When I stopped trying to prove those things are true, because you can't prove, I don't think you can prove that God exists, I don't think you can prove that God doesn't exist, but I think there are a whole lot of clues. There are a trail of clues that you can follow. And for me, when I follow those trail of clues, they lead me to assurance that God is who he says he is, that God is and that Christ is who he says he is and that I can trust him. So I follow the clues. One of those clues to me that I want to talk about tonight for a few minutes is the clue of beauty. Now we talk a lot about the problem of evil. How can there be a good God when there's so much evil in the world? But I want to talk tonight about the problem of beauty. And that is the question, how can there not be a good God if there's so much beauty in the world? The problem with beauty is this, there's so much of it, and almost all of it is free. It's just like scattered everywhere. Think of beautiful things. I mean, you can go to an art gallery and look at beautiful art, But I want to think about things that aren't necessarily hanging on a wall. Like in nature, a beautiful sunset, a beautiful flower, a beautiful gemstone, beautiful fish, a beautiful supernova, a beautiful snowflake. Or think about ordinary beauty that we come across every day. A beautiful dress, a beautiful street, beautiful music that we've heard tonight, a beautiful building that we're in. We talk about a beautiful song, a beautiful film, a beautiful pecan-crusted salmon dinner. I also think that there is great beauty in sports. There's a reason why soccer is called the beautiful game, the beautiful passing a beautiful backwards bicycle kick into the top corner of the net. I mean, that to me is beautiful. The British philosopher Roger Scruton said this, Beauty is never viewed with indifference. 
Beauty demands to be noticed. It speaks directly to us like the voice of an intimate friend. And I think that if we listen to beauty, to me, it says something like this. Ah, oh, wow. Who do I thank for this? I mean, that's my response to beauty. Now, Jesus' words in the gospel, there's a little verse that we often miss because it's usually talked about in the context of how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with stress in our life, how to deal with with money and greed and things like that. But there's really a command in this verse. There's an imperative. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 28. He says, why are you anxious about clothing? And then he says, consider or observe or look or contemplate the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now scholars wonder, what kind of flower was Jesus referring to? In Israel today, there's a common lily. Lilium candidum is the Latin term. It's just a common lily. But Jesus could have been referring to just a wildflower. Anything, any ordinary wild flower. Something common, something ordinary, something small and insignificant, something that we might rush by, but if we stopped and looked at it, we might say, ah, wow, thanks. Very few people, if anybody at all, plunged the depths of sin and evil like Jesus. And yet Jesus could say this ordinary lily is a sign. It's a clue. It's a clue that not only God exists, that God is there, but also that God is good. And not only that God is good, but God can be known like a father. And we can trust him like a heavenly father. That's where, just what Jesus is saying, that's where the clue of beauty leads. And that's why he said, look. Observe, consider the lilies of the field. Now, if we're the product of just accidental forces of nature, then that would mean that beauty is just a neurological response to some kind of stimuli. Maybe it gained us some kind of evolutionary advantage at some point. But to me, that would also mean that you could say the same thing about love. You could say the same thing about justice, that it's just a neurological response to stimulus. You could say the same thing about science and reason. All of those things could be reduced to that. But to me, I'm with Jesus on this one, that beauty screams or at least whispers and says, look at this. It's a clue. It leads somewhere. The Christian looks at beauty and says, Ah, wow, who do I thank? The living God. And there's one more thing. Because as a Christian, followers of Jesus believe that not only is a clue that God exists and that God is good and that God can be trusted, but it's also a clue, I think, to the beauty of redemption. 
that God only, not only creates beautiful things out of nothing, but God creates beautiful things out of brokenness. Broken dreams, broken hopes, broken communities, broken people. The power of the gospel is that Jesus comes to recreate these broken things and broken lives and our broken lives. And when we trust him to make us truly beautiful. As the Apostle Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. A beautiful new creation. Now that is something to say, ah, wow, thank you.